Hey besties! Ah, so it's Monday, the 12th of April, and I just got back from Soul Cycle. Damn right I did. And I know in the last podcast episode, I was like, I had a panic attack. I was very anxious about Soul Cycle reopening. Bitch, I'm over it. I'm over it. That was one of my favorite classes ever. And it genuinely had nothing to do with Soul Cycle. Like, I knew it was all in my head. I knew that, like, Liv, the instructor, was gonna have a fucking phenomenal playlist and say the most motivational shit. And I'll be like, yes, I'm in my element. It was just getting me there. Like, even walking there this morning, I was like, I don't wanna do this. But I did it. And now my body is like, boom, bitch. Yes, you're back. You're ready. Um, today is my glow up day. I won't lie to you. I do have a nail and an eyebrow appointment booked in about two hours. I am going shopping later. You know, hot girl summer is around the corner. However, I'm going shopping for hoodies. So, you know, hot girl spring slash autumn. Cause I don't really fuck with summer. I know everyone loves summer, hot girl summer, blah, blah, blah. Like I will still say I'm getting involved in hot girl summer, but I don't like summer. I hate the heat fucking hell I fucking hate summer my favorite season is autumn just in case anyone was wondering <laughs> yeah my favorite season's autumn um because why do I want the cold autumn's cold I just realized what I said um no I like the chilliness of autumn however everyone keeps trying to tell me that I like autumn because I was born in autumn I am not an autumn baby and I will fucking die on this hill I'm a summer baby my birthday is September the 11th and summer ends on September the 22nd. So how the fuck am I an autumn baby? And everyone always hates the season that they were born in. Hence why I hate summer. Anyways, sorry. You can tell that people have pissed me off with that one before because there is a lot of anger fueled behind that statement. But I'm trying to think. Mm, to be fair, my dad loves summer. I don't know if he's a summer baby though. Is May a summer baby? A Tauruses, Taurians, summer babies. Or are they still spring? Do you know what? Who gives a shit? Anyways, so weekly update. Mm, no, that was it really. But actually Liv said something in class that like really stuck with me. And you know, this happens every fucking self cycle class. They say something and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get this tattooed on my forehead. I'm not because my mom would beat me up. But you know, I'm a girl that lives her life in hyperbolic phrases. But actually I can't fucking remember because I have a bad memory but it was something along the lines of like like okay how do I explain this so there's this like thing that you do in SoulCycle where you like turn your resistance up and you you ride really fast and you like push through the resistance and so we were doing that and she was just kind of talking about how there have been moments in lockdown where you thought that you can push through and you did because you're here blah 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 and I was like bitch I'm gonna fucking cry right now but as soon as she said it, I was like, I have to tell the podcast this because that's just such an important thing. And today is like day one of lockdown being lifted and things are scary and everything's opening and the world is becoming a chaotic mess again. But you fucking survived. Like that's a fucking achievement. I need to stop fucking swearing. Mm -mm. <laughs> Anyways, that's such an achievement. Like that's crazy. People didn't survive this. Like, there are people who did not survive this lockdown, and you did. And the fact that you're listening to this on whatever day post-lockdown, post-lockdown three, because who knows, we might enter another one, but you survived, and you should congratulate yourself for that. You should do things that make you feel proud of yourself for surviving that. And for me, it was working out, because I haven't worked out in so long, 
And if you've listened to any previous episodes since January, you know I have a leg injury, which I don't shut up about. But, like, I haven't been able to run. And working out has always been the thing that makes me feel happy and makes me feel free and in control. And so rewarding myself by going to SoulCycle today was, like, the best thing I could have done for myself. And I'm so happy I have people around me who were like, book that fucking bike, Mary. Because I did. Oh, talking of booking bikes. Okay, I gotta book my bike in two hours. Ah, okay, I hope I'm still not recording because I would cry if I didn't book this bike. Um, there's Soul Survivors this weekend, which is like the hour long class, and I haven't done one in so long, and I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna fucking. I don't know. I don't know if I'll survive. But anyways, off the topic of Soul Cycle because a bitch needs to wrap it up. Talking about my leg injury, actually. <laughs> Um, whenever I mention it to people, I'm like, oh my God, I sound like those guys who are like, yeah, I could have been a football player, but I tore my ACL. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) But that's what I sound like. I'm like, yeah, I run 10K every day, but I have a leg injury. Like, bitch, no one cares. Run or don't. Like, no one fucking cares. But you guys are so fucking sweet to me on TikTok when you're like, I want to run 10K like you. Like, bitch, that, that makes me so happy because... I, like, I've seen a lot of people say that, like, running isn't fun, and they, like, run marathons, and they're, like, running isn't fun, like, even though I run, running isn't fun, whereas, like, I genuinely find running fun, like, I love running, like, yes, there are moments where I'm, like, shit, I can't fucking breathe right now, or I'm, like, should I turn back, blah, 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 but I love running, and it makes me feel like a fucking main character running through the city. Like, yes, I fucking run these streets, okay, bitches? Everybody everybody, take note. The queen has arrived. I pass every fucking London landmark. And I just love it. I love it so much. So you might hate running right now if you're just starting out. But you can grow to love it. Don't think that you'll hate it forever. Because running is fun. And I know a lot of people that hate, hated running. And now they love it. I think that you can hate running if you go to, like, running clubs. Uh, Not, like, um, jogging teams. I think that's so cool. If I did not have social anxiety, I would do that. And we're also in the middle of a pandemic, so maybe not anytime soon. But, like, Barry's and, like, other running, running clubs like that. Like, they're great. They are. But you run at such an intense speed that if you're not used to that, you can grow to hate running. And so, yeah, don't, like don't think that running is this painful thing that you just do. Because realistically, my perspective on running has changed because now I'm like, oh shit, like I get to run. Because like I said, I know I keep mentioning it, but my leg injury means I can't run. And it's really changed the way I, I perceive running because I'm like, no, Mary, you get to run. Like not everyone gets to run. Not everybody gets to feel the wind blowing in their head. That sounds so romantic. Running isn't romantic. But like, you know what I mean? For me, running makes me feel alive. Working out makes me feel alive, actually. There are so many times I've been in a soul cycle class and I'm like, I'm so grateful I'm alive to experience this. Like, I hope that... That's okay. That's probably the best way I can describe why I love soul cycle so much. I really need to stop talking about that place because ain't nobody paying me to speak about it anyways so yeah I've been thinking as I always am as my brain is just going 100 miles an hour I don't even know if that's fast because I can't drive and no one in my family drives which is something everybody thinks is really strange but I like it I like not being able to ring my parents and be like pick me up because it means I always have to have a way to get home and that makes me a smart bitch okay anyways um 
yeah, I was thinking about how you are so many different people in life. You will be so many different people. Like you're not done yet. So you have been and you continue to be a multitude of people, a multitude of personalities. And there are going to be people who just remember the one that they didn't like. Okay. And I've been thinking about this because there are people who like still chat shit about me. Oh, chat shit. You can tell I went to school in Southeast London. <laughs> Sorry. People who still speak bad about me. Um, even though like we're not in each other's life and like they, they want to see me fail. And I remember when I first started getting a following on TikTok, bitches were messaging me like, hey bestie, do you remember? No, I don't actually because I blocked out everyone I went to school with. Sorry. And it's like, People just remember this one image of you, but you don't have to be that person. And because one person remembers the way you were, doesn't mean that you have to continue being that person. And by that, I mean, like there were moments in my life where I did not give people the love that they deserved because I couldn't. And I don't think that makes me a bad person. I think that makes me a person that was struggling with trauma. And I don't use that word lightly, like I'm talking about genuine trauma, not just like a bad day. Um, and yeah, it like really affected my personality and how I treated people. And I wasn't treating them badly, I just couldn't give them the love that they deserved. Like I had a real hard time hugging people <laughs> and I had a real hard time opening up to people and telling people I love them. I'm not like that now, I fucking love a good hug. Um, but like I was just really struggling and it meant that I couldn't give people the love that they deserved. It doesn't mean that they weren't worthy of it. It was a me problem. And now there are people out there who only know that version of me. They don't know the version of me now that will literally hug everyone and hold on to that hug for dear life because I fucking love hugs. And if you know me and you think I don't love hugs, that's on you. That is on you because when I, like when I'm gonna see my favorite people, the first thing I think is like, oh my God, I get to hug them. I get so excited. I just love hugs. I don't hug my parents though, which is strange. <laughs> we'll just skip past that. But yeah, my friends, oh, I love a good hug. I love a good hug. But there are people who don't know that side of me and they will continue to tell the tale that I'm a bitch that doesn't like hugs. I'm a cold hearted bitch. And there's nothing I can do about it. Like it's completely out of my control. And people will like, oh my God, my friend just sent me a text that I need to reply to and I can see it on my MacBook. Fuck, no, okay, I'm gonna ignore it. Let me get my brain back, let me get my brain back. Okay, yeah, people will try to make you stay the past version of yourself because they don't want to see you succeed. And I feel like every time I say something, I don't wanna say motivational, but yeah, kind of. I always follow it up with not to be narcissistic or it's not big headed, but like it really isn't. And yes, there's a very fine line between confidence and cockiness, but I genuinely think the more confident you are, the more people will call you narcissistic and self-obsessed because they're fucking jealous. People are jealous of confidence. That is the best thing you can have in this world, pure confidence. And like, I'm not even the most confident person I know, and I strive to be more and more confident every single day because I think confidence is so fucking sexy and who doesn't want to be sexy? But people have been asking me a lot recently, like, how did I get more confident? And let me tell you the fucking story, okay? So when I was in, when I was in primary school, 
um i was so confident like there i was untouchable okay like i was so confident but i think i think that comes with being a kid like you kind of don't realize that things are scary or you don't perceive fear in that way and so like i was in theater i sang i danced i did it all and i would go on stage in assemblies and tell everyone everything like one time i had an assembly and i think it was lent yeah i went to religious school fuck it but we had to say what we were going to do to help our family. I literally stood in front of the whole fucking school, including my year group's parents. And I was like, I'm going to help my dad open his beer cans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't call social services, but that's how fucking confident I was. Anyways. So yeah, in, in primary school, I was really confident. And then in secondary school, no, people weren't nice to me. Okay. Like people really weren't nice to me. And they weren't nice to me because I was confident. And so it completely knocked my confidence. Like, I remember when I got there. And, like, this is so funny to look back on now because I'm just, like, how fucking pathetic. Um, But, like, I remember when I was in year seven, I was maybe five foot five. Like, I was fucking tall in year seven. And I was skinny. So I was actually just a lanky piece of shit walking around. But... I had never had my eyebrows done, like, I didn't wear makeup, none of that, I just walked in school, and I was like, hell yeah, my high school musical era, and yeah, people didn't like how confident I walked in, and they were like, look at this mouthy mixie, and that was, like, what everyone called me in the, like, higher year groups, but I knew some people who were in, like, year 11 when I was in year 7, so I didn't really care that much, but it still knocked my, like, I was 11, why the fuck are you bullying an 11-year-old, but... Yeah, so that happened and it just completely knocked my confidence. And then, like, I just didn't really get on with people. I've always had a really hard time making friends. And that was just so evident in school. Like, I was never the person that had a solid friendship group. I was the person that jumped around from table to table and, like, was friends with everyone. Until everyone decided to hate me, but we won't get into that. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, like, I've just always had a very difficult time making friends. And I think that can play a big role in how confident you are because it kind of dictates how you feel about your self-worth. And so I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm a piece of shit. Like, I'm ugly. No one likes me. No one likes my confidence. Like, my confidence was something that people were telling me I should change. And, like, I was young. Of course I was going to listen to people older than me. If you're young and you're listening to this, don't fucking listen to adults. Don't listen to anybody. If they're telling you something that sounds bad, trust your gut. Even when you're 11. Like, people want to see you fail. But anyways, so, yeah. Lost my confidence in secondary school completely. You could even see it in, like, my dance shows and, like, musical theatre performances I was doing outside of school. I just wasn't the same. I got to sixth form and, well, I still wasn't confident. I tried to be. I really, like, experimented with fashion in sixth form. It was so bad because, like, I just have a weird body shape, in my opinion. And so I don't like wearing certain things. And I was just like, ugh my wardrobe was fucking trash but it didn't help my confidence at all because I wasn't confident in what I was wearing like I was just following fashion trends and like that's the thing I think confidence and fashion do come hand in hand and how you dress but you can't just follow trends like if that's not what you feel comfortable in that's not what you feel comfortable in especially if you are not the beauty standard like if your body does not look like those models don't even bother copying the trends. Like, it doesn't, there's no point. Like, there is literally no point because the fashion trends are made for skinny bitches. 
And if you're a skinny bitch, good for you. I was a skinny bitch too. But like, now I'm not. And I know I can't dress like that because it's not made for my body. So I just have to figure out what it is. But yeah, sorry, I keep going on tangents. But yeah, sixth form, wasn't as confident, but you know, it was getting there. I had teachers who really believed in me in sixth form. I think that's what changed the game. My teachers in sixth form were literal angels, literal fucking angels. My teachers in secondary school, born and raised in, in hell, like Satan themselves. But my teachers in sixth form were so incredible. Like my politics teacher, I owe that woman everything. I fucking owe her everything. She really made me believe in myself. She also made me believe in the power that my voice has in a room filled with men. And I genuinely do not think that I would be as strong as a law student as I am if it wasn't for her because she's so fucking inspiring. And she's genuinely one of the biggest reasons why I started to gain confidence in myself because I really doubted myself when I started sixth form, especially because I'd come from an all girls school. So like girls and boys learn differently. Like that's proven by Ofsted studies and shit like that. But like girls are just very much like, group work and blah 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 and in sixth form I was with all these guys and they were just yelling across the classroom and I would I just wouldn't say anything I was like whoa this is fucking intimidating like I'm not getting involved and all of my teachers to be fair maybe not my psychology teacher but like my sociology teacher and my politics teacher and even my English lit teacher they were like just speak up because I would always be the bitch that mumbles at the front of the class I would always sit at the front of the class because if I sit at the back I lose concentration so I'd always sit at the front and my teachers would always see me say the right answer, but I'd never say it loud enough. And then by the end of sixth form, bitch, I was yelling. I was yelling. And then I went to, no, then I took a year off. And then I went to uni. And then my confidence got knocked again because I go to a racist uni. <laughs> and I'm a woman of color, if you didn't know. So that was fun. Um, That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Why does that sound like that audio where it's like, I like the beat? Anyways, so I, went, I go to a racist uni and um like people would just say to my face like I don't like black girls and I'm like <laughs> fun and that kind of knocked my confidence and then I flipped on its head and I was like you're fucking lost you're lost I've experienced this so many times like white guys being like I don't like black girls one who said I was interested in you just because I've had one too many tequilas doesn't mean I'm interested in you so maybe you should take your ego down a notch but yeah like it happens to me all the time and like I don't fucking care but at uni I was kind of like oh my god like you're all educated enough to be here and you're still fucking racist how does that work so it pissed me off and then it fueled this fucking fire inside of me just anger in my soul where I was like I don't care what men have to say about me anymore and boy did that change the game that changed the game because I didn't realize how much of my worth I was putting in the hands of men I will never do that again <laughs> oh no way because I'd had guys treat me like shit and use me and just like be the worst. And I was so okay with it in the moment. And then when I got to uni and it was happening again, I was like, bitch, no, we're gonna unpack this. Why are you letting this happen? And it was because I didn't see my own worth. And then I just decided that I'm a hot bitch. Literally, that's what I did. That was a very long winded way of me saying, I decided I'm hot and no one can tell me I'm not. That's why when people, <laughs> when people like leave dumb comments on my TikToks, and they're like, you're annoying. I'm like, okay, but I'm sexy. So like I said, people will think you're narcissistic. People will think you're self-obsessed. You're just in love with yourself and good for you. Okay. Like you just have to wake up and decide you're fucking hot. And no one can tell you you're not. Like who's going to tell you you're not hot? 
I fucking dare them because being hot is a state of mind. Don't, don't let anybody tell you differently. It's a state of mind. The minute you start believing that shit is the minute it starts glowing through your skin. And that's how I became confident. I'm not as confident as I would like, as I said, but I think I'm getting there. Also, filming videos in public, <laughs> you can't care about what anybody thinks about you because, yeah, then you just won't do it. Also, maybe just try and do something that fucking scares you every day. Like, go and film The Renegade in the middle of Oxford Street or something like that. I don't know. I can't do the... Mm, no, I can do The Renegade. Why was I going to lie to you guys? Why was I going to lie to you guys? So sorry, besties. No, I can do The Renegade. Um, <laughs> can't believe my parents paid for 18 years of dance classes and I can do The Renegade. Boom. Period. Thanks, mom. Another thing that I was thinking about, because like I said, my mind does not shut the fuck up. But another thing I was thinking about is like, I mean, it's still kind of to do with like past versions of yourself, but people won't be able to let go of like monumental moments in your life. I don't know if monumental is the correct word, but I have brain fog right now. So just bear with. But like, I, I know people, no, I don't know them anymore, but like people who knew me when I was like a fucking hardcore raver. It's so cringy to say because people who have met me now would never believe that that was a part of my life. Like I'm that bitch now where I'm like, my body's a temple, health and wellness queen. But no, Raver Mary did not think her body was a temple. Raver Mary did not even care that she had a heart condition. She was like, we're here for a good time, not a long time, okay? And the thing that like, I don't know, like my, my best friend knew me in both stages of my life. So she kind of sees how I've changed. But people who I used to go raving with or like partying with, or fucking festivals, whatever, would be like, like when I started becoming this health queen, people would be like, that's not you. Like, just go do drugs. Like, just go be fun. People want to hold on to parts of you that you're, I wouldn't say I'm not proud of that part of my life, but... Like, it's just a part of my life that isn't me anymore. Like, I cannot remember the last time I was at a rave. Even pre-COVID. I cannot remember the last time I wanted to go to a music festival and, like, get off my absolute face in a silent disco. Like, I just, I don't care for that anymore. But did my raver phase make me grow and make me realise some real shit in my life? Yeah, absolutely. So, even though that's not me anymore, like, I'm not ashamed of it. So... Like, I'm not going to deny that it happened, but I just don't think it's anybody's business to be like, yeah, well, Mary used to be a fucking knee. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I don't want to start rumours. Oh, I hope my parents aren't listening to this. But yeah, I just, okay, let's just say I hung out with the wrong crowd. <laughs> Listen, okay, I'm not trying to defend myself, but like, I had a rough childhood, okay? Like, I had a really rough childhood. Um, Before anyone jumps to any fucking conclusions, like, my parents are amazing people. It has nothing to do with them. I just had a very, very fucking traumatic childhood. And I wasn't a problem child. I was a problem adult. <laughs> when I turned like 17, I just started acting out. Um, and that was, that was that phase. So like, I'm not embarrassed of it. I just don't think that's something that defines me. And so when people try and define you by things that you don't define yourself by, you literally have to go the extra mile to rewrite that narrative because it's your fucking life, babe. It's your life. People are going to tell you that you are something that you're not, but you know what you are. 
So just do everything you can to show the world the real you. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. Let me make that very fucking clear. You do not have to prove yourself to anybody, but you do have to prove yourself to you. You do have to show yourself that you are the great version that you know you are. That other people may doubt, but you know that's you. You know that's inside you. And even if you haven't reached it yet, you know it's there. You know it's your potential. Like I know the person that I am today is not the best version of myself. It's the best version I can be right now, but it's not the best version of myself. Yeah, just prove yourself to yourself. Make sure you can wake up every morning and know that you are who you wanna be and not what anybody else defines you as. Because realistically, who the fuck knows you? Nobody, nobody knows you. Nobody will ever know you. You know yourself, so do it for you. Wait, actually, something that I really wanna talk about, and cause it's been mentioned to me a lot, actually, sorry, I didn't mean to crack my knuckles so close to the microphone, I hope that you didn't hear that. Yes, I'm one of those weird people that cracks their knuckles. I know, I hate it. Anyways, some of the people have been saying a lot to me in my DMs and stuff like that, and like, I really do read all of my DMs from you guys. People have been talking about the fact that they thought they were the only person who like didn't want a relationship or like didn't really feel loved by guys and things like that, and, Honestly, it's kind of heartwarming in a kind of weird way because like even though I come on here and I'm like, this is my experience and you're never alone because I know deep down that experiences are not universal, but there's something that a lot of people fucking experience. And so like I know that and I always try and remind myself of that, like you're never truly alone, but sometimes it can just feel so lonely, like so fucking lonely. And I remember when I thought that like no guy would ever love me. Like I just, I literally was like, I'm repulsive. Like no one will ever love me. And I just came to terms with it. I was like, okay, because realistically, like I'm that bitch. Like I'm the type of person who can just come to terms with things so quickly. It's so weird. I don't know where this came from. I don't know what trauma response this is, but I don't like it. But yeah, I was just like, oh, that's fine. Like I'll just continue living my hookup culture life until I'm 50 because I'm never going to be in a relationship. And like, I don't care for relationships. Like, I just don't care for them. I just feel like I'm on such a big journey of loving myself and building the relationship I have with myself that having to, like, date someone just seems very overwhelming right now. And I remember I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my foot in the dating scene. And it, it mm -mm. like, I fucking hate it. Like, what? I have social anxiety. Like, fuck off. I don't want to talk to anyone. Um, And so, yeah, like, to anyone who related to the episode about being single in your 20s, like, you are not fucking alone. You are not alone. So many people reached out and said that they needed that episode. So even if it's just the people who listen to this podcast who relate, we're a little community over here, okay? We're a little community and we have each other's backs and we have all shared similar experiences in which it should kind of make us feel a bit stronger make us feel like it's survivable because that's honestly like that's the biggest thing when I tell people and I tell myself that you're not alone it proves that things are survivable because maybe I'm over dramatic maybe I feel things just a little too deeply but sometimes things do not feel survivable and like not to mention it again because I know it's fucking annoying but I remember when we were about to enter the second lockdown I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when we were about to um, enter the second lockdown, I was in a soul cycle class and I remember it so clearly, it was the last one. And I was like, fucking Doja Cat was playing, like not emotional at all. And I was crying because I was like, I am not going to survive this lockdown. I was like, no way, no fucking way. 
The first one was a fluke. Don't know how I survived it because boy was I depressed. And then I did. And so many other people did too. And so when you sit there and you say to yourself, like, you're not alone, people have been through this. I think the deeper, more profound meaning behind you're not alone is people have survived the things that you think are unsurvivable. I feel like I'm going to cry because, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this is the thing about working out, okay? It really brings my emotions to the surface because why the fuck have I got tears in my eyes right now? Um, yeah. Okay. Whew. Deep breaths. I always find that when I'm like, um, making light of experiences that kind of ruined my life in that moment, I, my voice gets really high pitched. Like I naturally have kind of a deep voice, I think. I don't know. Do I have a deep voice? I think it's up for debate, but people always tell me I sound like Florence Pugh and I think she has a deep voice. So anyways, uh, yeah, whenever I talk about emotional things, my voice gets really high and it's, it's really annoying because I hate my voice when it's high. <sighs> Fucking hell. I don't know. Honestly, what is this podcast episode? I went in with no plan. I was just like vibes, straight up vibes because I think I prefer it when I have no plan because when I have a plan, the episodes tend to be shorter because, um, I write everything down, not a script, but like I write down key points and so my brain is just constantly looking at a piece of paper and trying to get through all the points as quickly as I can. And so then the episodes are shorter. Whereas when I just chat shit into, I need to stop saying chat shit. When I just talk rubbish into a microphone, um, I, I think it, it's more, it's more real and more flowing. Not that the other episodes aren't real and flowing, but you know what I mean? Also, is that another sign that I need to go and get tested for ADHD? Because people keep telling me that. I don't know. I kind of... Actually, yeah, let's talk, let's fucking talk about it. So ADHD, OCD, depression, all these things that loads of people go through have now become this weird fucking trend to have. And when did that happen? Like when the actual fuck did that happen and why did it happen and why are we allowing it to happen? Because I get, like personally, I get so offended when people make light of OCD and when they're like, oh my god, I'm so OCD, and, like, they just clean their house, because let me tell you something, as a bitch with OCD, my room is never clean, like, my room is never fucking clean, I think there's, like, two days every month that my room is clean, okay, OCD is not just being clean, and I hate that this perception has come about, because now, like, oh my god, it grinds my fucking gears when people just say that. They're like, oh my god, yeah. I, I I painted my nails today and one of them's like slightly different to the others. It's triggering my OCD. Shut the fuck up. Unless you have OCD, don't say shit like that. It's not funny. It's not quirky. It's not trendy. And I don't take life seriously. Like, I really don't. And like, I have my dad to thank for that because that man doesn't take anything seriously. But when it comes to people saying that they're OCD and they're not, that shit pisses me off. Because one, for years, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I had no fucking idea. And maybe I would have known what was wrong with me if people didn't say that OCD was just cleaning. And two, there are literal moments in my life where I could not leave my fucking house. Like, that's the only thing I take seriously in this life. How people treat mental illnesses. Shut the fuck up if you know nothing about it. And you can hear in my voice that I'm pissed as fuck. Like, I don't even know why I started talking about this because now I'm actually fuming. But like, I just, I just hate it so much. And I hate when people say shit like, oh my God, that's so schizo. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Like, 
why would you say something like that? Like, why, why is that the first adjective that came to your mind? It's not even an adjective, but there is literally no other word for it. But like, why would, why would you use that as a descriptive word? Like, that's not funny. Who laughed? Absolutely no one. Like, I'm a bitch that laughs at everything. That's not funny. Like, ah! It just pisses me off. But, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> we should do that again sometime. <laughs> no, no, but in all seriousness, like, those aren't, those aren't things to make light of. They're not funny. Like, they really do cripple people. And, like, it's something that I just have to live with. Like, not just me, but, like, I can only speak from personal experiences. Like, that's something I have to live with every day. And... When you have a shit ton of other things wrong with you, like health conditions, you can't take medication, okay? So I just have to deal with this. And then there's all these people like, I'm so OCD because I clean my room. Oh, like I wish you knew what OCD was. I fucking wish you would because you would never say that. Like I don't even say things like that and I have OCD. Anyways, in case you were wondering, like, yeah, OCD really isn't just cleaning. Like I'm, I'm I mean, I'm clean, but like I don't clean my room because I'm a brat. So, clearly OCD isn't just about being clean, but like, there were moments I couldn't even go to school, it was really bad, and I just hate when people say shit like that, because it just gets me so pissed off, because like, I literally couldn't leave the house, like I had such a crippling fear of leaving the house, and like, it's really taken like a lot of work to get to where I am now, and it's still a struggle, and then just to have people say things like that is so annoying, because... Like, you know nothing. Like, it, because I know that they know, it's not even me trying to be rude. Like, I know that they know nothing because if anyone knew the severity of OCD, they would never say something like that. They would never be like, oh my God, I'm so OCD. I just wash my hands. Like, what? Like, what the fuck? That's like me crying and being like, oh my God, I have depression. Like, what? Like, it just makes no sense. Ah. <sighs> Anyways, I don't even know how I got onto that topic. I'm just kind of looking at the dried mango on my table and being like, I'm going to fucking devour you when this is over. <laughs> uh, anyways, I like this podcast because I never tell people that I have OCD. And this is the second time that I've mentioned it. So I guess we're comfortable. I guess we're fucking comfortable. Uh, also, isn't it so strange that People think that you have to look a certain way to have something wrong with you. I think that's so strange. Like, back to the shit ton of things I have wrong with me. Like, growing up, people would always tell me that I couldn't do sports because I had a heart condition. And then they'd always follow up with, you don't look like you have a heart condition. What the fuck does that mean? Am I meant to get my heart out and show you that one side beats differently to the other? Like, what the actual fuck? And my, my PE teachers would say it to me all the time. They'd be like, mm, you should sit this one out. And it used to, it used to make me cry. Like that was back in my days when I just didn't cry. Like I, I had a real hard time processing emotions. And when PE teachers would tell me that I couldn't play sports because they were worried about my heart condition, I'd cry. And then they would feel bad. So they'd let me play. But because it really upset me because like I, I grew up playing every sport under the sun and so when my PE teachers would be like you can't play I'd be like bitch I'll take you down like I I train like I am strong do not test me yeah I think that was the rugby get into my head I miss rugby oh my goodness I miss playing rugby I know I've mentioned that I played rugby before but did I ever tell you guys that I was the only girl on my team so they used to make me pretend I was a boy so we could play <laughs> so we could play against all boy teams what a time to be alive. No wonder I was a fucking tomboy. I was scared of skirts until I was like 15. I mean, I wore a skirt for school, but 
um, yeah, I never wore skirts outside of school. My mum would always try to put me in a denim skirt. God bless her. That was just not happening. <laughs> okay, so I guess I should probably start to wrap this shit up, okay? Um, I hope this isn't as short as I think it is. Oh, I think it probably will be. But I do have shit to do today. Like, I'm becoming my sexier self again. So, priorities, babe. You know? Like, I love you guys. But I do, I do love my eyebrows equally to be fair. But that's a lot. Like that, you guys don't understand. Like my eyebrows are my pride and fucking joy. Like they're, they're all I have, okay? My eyebrows are all I have. And I'm kind of scared that the woman's gonna fuck them up. I know Lydia won't, like she's my babe. She's been doing my eyebrows since I was 12. Uh, oh my fucking God, nearly 11 years. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, she's my fucking babe. But she has not been in work for four months. And I am the first person of the day. So yeah, I'm scared. I'm also scared because I don't normally get my nails done. Like I've never really been a nail bitch, but I do like getting them done. I do feel bougie as fuck for two days, for two days, because realistically <laughs> the last time I got them done, I got them done. I paid 50 pounds. You know, I splashed the cash. Normally I pay like 25 pounds. You bitches that pay a hundred pounds for your nails are insane. You're insane. But this time I spent 50 pounds, but I did get a pedicure too. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is I paid all that money, got my nails done, thought I looked like the baddest bitch alive, went to Soul Cycle, lifted the weights, and my nail fell off. So I do realize that my life doesn't really cater for the acrylic life. I just try and make it. Anyways, so I'm gonna get acrylics today. I was gonna get oh, what is it? SNS gel. I don't I don't even know because I'm not even a nail bitch like that. But I think I'm gonna get acrylics. They're just so much easier to like ask for. I fucking hate when they're like, okay, what gel color do you want? Okay, what gel? <laughs> like, I don't know. I also wanna get eyelash extensions. Oh my God, for real. If anyone gets eyelash extensions and you have extremely sensitive eyes, like I mean, extremely sensitive, okay? Like my eyes react to moisturizer. My eyes are sensitive as fuck. If you have eyes like that, let me know where you get your eyelashes done. Cause I wanna get mine done. I will fly. Like, if you're in fucking Alabama, maybe not Alabama because I'm black, but like, if you're in Chicago, I'll fly there. I'll be there because I want eyelash extensions. There was a moment in my life where I wore falsies, like the strip extensions, the strip eyelash extensions, the glue on ones, every day. Every day. That phase was in sixth form. I thought I was hot as fuck. I was hot as fuck, but like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck was going on with me. <laughs> and I also wore foundation that was like, Eight shades too dark. That's not my fault though. That is racism in the makeup industry. Okay, that's not my fault because they have one black shade. It, black is not one shade fits all. I hope Maybelline, yeah, I'm fucking calling you out. I hope you've changed the game. I don't fuck with Maybelline anymore though. I wear, if anyone actually cares, let me just go grab it. I wear the Charlotte Tilbury Airbrush Flawless Foundation in the shade nine and i i love it i don't think i'll ever use another foundation mm, that's a bold statement i probably will um i used to use the mac one but don't they test on animals did i make that up i used to use the mac one and i'm shade nc45 honestly that shade will haunt me forever because that's not my shade anymore because i used to have cystic acne Oh my God, I'm really just letting you guys know who I used to be, huh? I used to have cystic acne and so it left really bad. <laughs> it left really bad scars on my face. So like my face was like eight different shades. So they have to go with the darkest one, which was NC45. And then I remember when I went to uni and I got my student loan, I was like, yeah, I'm a rich bitch. I'm gonna buy all of Max products. And I went in there and they were like, what shade are you? And I was like, NC45. She put it on my face. I was like, whoa. Anyways, 
what was I trying to say? Yeah, I want my eyelashes done. But I'm gonna go get my eyebrows done. But please, everybody pray. Well, by the time this is out, I would have already had them done. But everybody pray that they don't look bad because I haven't taken an Instagram pic in like, oh my God, a month today since I took an Instagram picture. I hope people don't follow me. I'm sexy, I promise. <laughs> Anyways, I have a soul cycle class tomorrow. Ah, pumped. I can't wait to see Abby. Um, that's the instructor whose class I'm taking tomorrow. I took lives today. I literally only take their two classes. I do need to spice it up though. I'm just in such a routine because they like work on, um, mm, fuck. Okay, my brain cannot get thoughts together right now. Uh, they work on different days. <laughs> Honestly, if you know what that means, then good for you because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyways, here's the rundown of how my week's gonna go. Well, how I'm manifesting it to go. I'm gonna book my bike for Sosaiko ah! in 50 minutes. And then I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get an Uber because I'm feeling bougie as fuck. Not me saying an Uber is bougie, grow up Mary. Anyways, I'm gonna go get an Uber to my nail appointment and my brow appointment and hopefully I'll look like a sex god. And then I'm gonna go to Selfridges and buy some hoodies. Cause you know me, I'm a bitch that loves spending 150 pound per hoodie. Can someone actually like beat me up the next time I do that? I just bought another mad happy hoodie and I wanna go buy another Kith hoodie and they're all like 200 quid a hoodie. I don't have a job. Like I literally don't have a job. So anyways, I love you guys. Have a great week. I hope that your first week out of lockdown isn't bad. If it is, don't worry, there's another week. There'll be weeks after that. You got this, I believe in you. Don't be dumb. Okay, we're still in the middle of a panini press. Don't be fucking stupid. But go have fun. Go enjoy yourself. You deserve it. It's been a rough couple months. You deserve it. Go work out. Go drink. Go do whatever. Only if you want to. Don't feel obliged. If you don't want to work out, don't work out. That's okay. Yeah. Go live your best life, babes. I believe in you. Ah, I love you, besties.